Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the obesity epidemic. A lot of people think it's because of being lazy and eating too much and all that type of stuff, but I am joined by Mark Nelson, who is the lead researcher at Fellow One Research, and he feels that it's due to genetics and body type. Uh, Mark Nelson has what is called a body type four, he was born with little or no muscle mass pretty much all throughout his body. So we're going to be talking to him about what that's like and what are the body types and what they mean. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Why don't you start off by just telling everybody a little bit about yourself? So I am the lead scientific researcher at Fellow One Research. We have pioneered body type science since 2003. I was born in the body type four, and at the time... Uh, I'm now 47, so it was the mid-80s when I first really began to look at my body and question what was going on. I, uh, I was a star soccer player, and I was on a state championship team when I was eight years old. But I began noticing out on the field during shirts off practice and down at the swimming pool and such that my body didn't have muscle on it. And when I would look at any standard scientific human body anatomy book and all the images that were in any book, I'm supposed to have this muscle all over my body that my peers had. I could see it on my peers, but I didn't. And when I would go in and see my doctor and ask him, hey, what's up with all this fat all over my body, even though I'm skinny, I'm not fat, I'm not overweight or obese, I'm well within my safe BMI weight range, why do I have fat all over my body? And because there was no terminology at the time uh, in terms of skinny fat or normal weight obesity or such, they would just say, oh, you're just young. Don't worry about it. As you grow, you'll grow muscle. And as I hit 10 and 12, 14 into my teens and up into my twenties, no muscle grew, just more fat. So that's kind of how things got started. I'll sort of pause there and see if I'm making sense. You are making perfect sense. And just kind of tell us about what your life was like, you know, growing up like this and not really knowing what's going on. And the doctors didn't even seem to know what was going on either. They did not. And that was a huge disappointment for me because having no muscle on my body meant that I was bullied relentlessly at home, on the way to school, at school, on the way home from school, at home again. It was an easy target for bullies because I didn't have any muscle or muscle mass. And it wasn't like I was a coward, but I wasn't stupid either. And so I had to find new ways home and it made my life very difficult. Uh, I had to quit playing sports. When you don't have any muscle or muscle mass, you can't run fast. You can't run for long. You don't have any endurance. You just aren't athletic. And so I tried tennis, but I wasn't strong enough to hold a racket with one hand. So I had to have a two, a two-handed forehand and a two-handed backhand, which it takes away from your ability to excel in the sport. And because I didn't have any muscle on my legs and such, I couldn't move very fast. So I essentially just ended up quitting sports. And from my parents' point of my parents' point of view, excuse me, 
because I was such a great soccer player when I was so young, and then I just didn't do well in sports, the only reason that they saw was because I wasn't working hard enough. Because when I would go in and see the doctor, they would tell me I was totally normal because I was well within my safe BMI weight range. And so my parents just 100% believed that I was just not working hard enough, that I was just lazy, and that I had no motivation, which couldn't have been more untrue. And if they had paid attention to what I was doing, they would have known that. I was out jogging regularly. I was I was working out regularly. I even started lifting weights earlier than I should have because I was trying to put on muscle, but none of it worked. So my parents were thoroughly disappointed in me from my middle teens. And from that point on, they pretty much just always looked at me as a quitter and, and a loser, but I wasn't either of of those things. And I've always finished everything in my life well, yada, yada. And so from my parents thinking very lowly of me, then they basically talked nonsense about me to the family and friends and everyone. It was all just terrible. So I was bullied and everyone thought I was essentially just a a loser. So by the time I got out of college, I headed West and uh, I took a job at CU doing scientific research. And I realized real quick, I didn't want to work for anyone else. So I ended up opening up fellow one research uh, and I was determined to figure out why my body was the way that it was. So, yeah. Well, how is your body today? Is, is it still no muscle mass or is there care for that or how is it today? So, you know, I have spent the last 25 years working on building muscle and muscle mass. And when I, when I was in college is when I really started, I mirrored some close friends who were all body type ones and they were all muscle. And I figured I'll figure out what they're doing in terms of their weightlifting routine and what their diet is and what their supplements are. And I mimicked them and I did exactly what they were doing. And they got even more ripped and added more muscle. And I went from having a sparrow's chest to a raven's chest, just a larger bird chest. And so no matter what I did relative to conventional resistance exercise to add muscle, it was extremely difficult to add muscle where I didn't have it, where I had skinny fat. So let me first uh, talk about, please, the three mainstream science body type standards so that your listeners can understand what they're being judged by when they go and see. Absolutely. Because that was going to be my next question. Great. And then I'm happy to re-answer your other question. So uh, the three mainstream body standards, body type standards are one, the standard scientific human body anatomy book, body type one. And that is the standard image that you find in any scientifically approved human body anatomy book. So if you can see in your mind's eye, it's that, it's that image where, you know, the, it's the human body with all the muscle and muscle mass fully developed. And it's basically what Dwayne Johnson or Christian Ronaldo or David Beckham, it's, it's their body type. It's a real biotype, it exists, and it has all of the muscle and muscle muscle. Now, the reason that that biotype is not accurate is because it is a scientific genetic fact that any part of the human body can be underdeveloped to whatever degree, and that includes muscle and muscle mass. So that's the first biotype standard and why it's not accurate. The second standard is the body mass index, the BMI. It became the standard in 1985 but it's been around since the 1800s. The reason that it is not accurate is because it does not take into account skinny fat. So someone like me, who for 
especially in my younger years when I was pretty much always well within my safe BMI weight range, yet I still had skinny fat all over my body. And skinny fat is cellulite, thin fat, loose skin, saggy skin, crepey skin, and normal weight obesity. Any of those are, are a type of skinny fat. And so when I was well, and even now, I still have skinny fat on my body, but a lot less. But the BMI is not accurate because it does not take into account skinny fat. And it also does not take into account if you add extra muscle mass to your body. So someone like Dwayne Johnson, who is all muscle, and if you were to run his BMI, he likely would be in the overweight or obese columns of his BMI weight range, but he most certainly is not overweight or obese. He just has extra muscle or muscle mass on his body. So that is the second standard and at least two reasons why it is not accurate. The third standard is the basal metabolic rate, the BMR. And that is the number of calories daily that your specific body re requires to just do its basic functioning. And the reason that it is not accurate is because it also does not take into account skinny fat. So if you are well within your safe BMI weight range, and science recognizes that one pound of muscle mass burns six calories daily, but one pound of skinny fat or fat only burns two to three calories daily. So if you're well within your safe BMI, but you have skinny fat on, on your body, it directly negatively affects your metabolism, which obviously means that if you run your BMR calculation and it says you should eat this many calories daily, but it's failing to take into account skinny fat, then you're likely still eating too many calories daily relative to your standard scientific BMR calculation. So I'll, I'll pause here and see if I am making sense with those three body type standards, the mainstream science and medical doctor body type standards, and why they are not accurate. You are making sense. So you, you say that you are a body type four. So Correct. explain to people what that is. You got it. So once I figured out what was going on and that I just genetically lacked muscle mass because obesity is common in our family, especially on my father's side of the family. And so it was just seen as quote unquote normal. But obviously we know that obesity is a disease. It is not normal. It is a serious problem. And so I looked at it like, well, first I looked at all the other body types that, that were out there. So the endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph, which were total nonsense. They were, they were debunked long ago. They are not scientific. They are based on zero science. Same with the kibbe or hormone or triangle or any other body types. They were all nonsense. They didn't offer any reason why my body was lacking muscle and muscle mass or why my body was the specific shape that it is. So that is what inspired me to start on my own path and do biotype science starting in 2003. So the way that I looked at it was the human body is broken down in terms of scaffolding and structure via the spine, the vertebrae, and then the muscle and muscle mass, no less. It, you know, it, as well as tendons and ligaments and such. But the focus was on the vertebrae and the muscle mass because I knew I was missing muscle mass and I knew that my posture was poor. So that was where I started. So the, the human body has seven cervical, 12 thoracic, five lumbar, one sacrum, and one coccyx vertebrae. And so we basically just logically thought about it like, well, if 
that is how the body is structured. And we know that each vertebra is a scientific genetic fact that each vertebra houses a specific set of muscles. And it is a scientific fact that any of those muscles can be genetically underdeveloped. Then we can break down the body in terms of four biotypes. We have a biotype one, which is all muscle and muscle mass is fully developed relative to all 26 vertebrae. There are zero underdeveloped vertebrae in a body type one. A body type two has one to eight underdeveloped vertebrae relative to muscle and muscle mass, no less. A body type three is nine to 17, and a body type four is 18 through 26. And if you have underdeveloped vertebrae and muscle mass, that will directly affect your posture as well as your metabolism. So I'll sort of pause there and see if that's making sense. It absolutely is. So tell us about fellow one research. Tell us uh, what you guys do and what all kind of research you do. Yeah. So once we figured all that out and we had our body types, then it was figuring out the weight loss side of things, right? Maybe it's better to say weight management. And so I began I looked at every diet out there. I try. I have tried every diet that there is, and what I came to is uh, uh, counting calories doesn't work, and the science now backs that up. The calorie in, calorie out model of weight loss does not work because a calorie is not a calorie, and that is a scientific fact. A calorie is not a calorie, and so what the science says is that the value of your food matters. The value of the calorie that you consume matters. And what it really is showing now, the latest research says that a low-carb diet is really the best route if you are looking to lose weight. Because if you're starving your body, if you're doing the typical 500-calorie deficit daily under BMR, then your body, most bodies, especially bodies that aren't a biotype one that are lacking muscle and muscle mass. If you deny your body calories, it will go into survival mode and that will affect in a negative way your metabolism. So if you're already dealing with a decreased metabolism because you have skinny fat on your body and or fat on your body, because both burn less calories daily. And then you also start to do a calorie deficit and essentially starve your, your body. Its natural response is going to go into survival mode and your metabolism will slow down, which is not what you want. If you want to burn calories and lose weight, you want to increase your metabolism. And what the latest science is showing is that to do that is to keep your carbs at around 37 grams per day, which is a low amount. Typically, a low-carb diet starts at about 56 grams or less. The latest science says that if you really want to increase your metabolism is do around 37 grams, eat your normal BMR calories, taking into account skinny fat, which our scientific biotype quiz does up at fellow one. And if you can then keep your calories at, uh, excuse me, um, uh, keep the carbs at around 37 grams, that will help to increase your metabolism, which will help burn fat, which will obviously help you lose weight. Now, an important thing that I want to say about that is, is we've had quite a few people who have used our scientific weight loss diary. 
And when they are finished, a lot of them were convinced that once they lost the weight, that they would be a bio type one, because that's what doctors say. And that's what everyone was telling them is all you got to do is do the work and you look just like a bio type one. And we had a recent participant, uh, 1170, who did a great job. She, a great job, excuse me. She's 23. She lost 19 pounds. She got to the mid range of her safe BMI weight range and she lost the weight safely. Yet when she was down within her safe BMI, she still doesn't look like a bio type one. She still has skinny fat all over her body. And her response was, well, I must have lost muscle and muscle mass when I was losing weight. There is no scientific evidence that people under 40 years of age lose muscle or muscle mass when they lose weight. The only reason that your body would burn muscle and muscle mass first or in, in, in any way is if you are starving your body and literally you are starving it and it has no other option. It will always, your body will always burn fat and the calories that you consume daily first, always. And that's especially true for people under 40. As you get over 40, like me, you start to see that things change and you do start to actually lose muscle mass. But my point is, is she was this participant, 1170, she was convinced that she must have lost muscle and muscle mass when she lost weight. It's not how it works. The human body does not burn muscle and muscle mass unless you are starving it for long periods of time and giving it no other option. So I'm going to sort of uh, pause there and I'm happy to answer your, your previous question about how have I built muscle and muscle mass so that my body has gone from a biotype four to a biotype two. But I'll sort of pause here and see if you have questions about the low carb diet or dieting in general. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely talk about the dieting, but let people know. Maybe somebody out there has a body type four. Let, let them know how you how you built the muscle mass and went from body type four to type two. It was not easy at all. Again, like I mentioned earlier, I I lifted weights for years. I I tried every route, and it was nearly impossible to put on any real muscle. So I looked at the body again, and I looked at things like yoga. And how do I how do I build muscle relative to my back to my vertebrae each each vertebra so that that muscle stays it sticks around because one of the downsides of of weightlifting is or any re repetitive exercise is once you stop doing it the muscle that you built from doing it gradually goes away and I found that even in my earlier years was. I lifted weights, especially in my early to mid-20s, and then I stopped for a short while, and it was shocking to see how quickly I lost that muscle mass and went back to my base default muscle mass. And I say that because anyone listening might say, see, the human body does burn muscle and muscle mass. No, no. There is a default amount of muscle and muscle mass on your body. And if you are lifting weight and adding muscle mass to that default amount, then you can definitely add muscle. But as soon as you stop, you will gradually lose that and go back to your default muscle mass, muscle or muscle mass amount. I was looking for new ways to actually add muscle and muscle mass that would actually stick around. So I thought about it in terms of gravity. Gravity is the weight that's always pushing down on the human body. 
and it's what helping it is what helps to maintain your bone mass and muscle mass and essentially the human body in general. And we know that this is true because when an astronaut goes into space, they have to work extra hard doing cardio and resistance exercises so that they can maintain their muscle and muscle mass and bone mass and such. And even then, when they come back to earth, they likely have still lost some muscle and muscle mass and bone mass. And NASA has had to figure out ways to counteract that. So we know how important gravity is. So I have been working with experimental proprietary exercises for, for the last 20 plus years now that essentially use yoga and Pilates as well as weights to mimic gravity to help add muscle and muscle mass to essentially each vertebra in my back. And it's not like I'm going vertebrae by or vertebra by vertebra. It's not really how the body works. It's it's really more of a complex tapestry weaving in terms of muscle and the back and the vertebrae. But it's essentially using upright standing exercises like yoga or Pilates and such, and figuring out how to build those muscles so that they actually stick around for the, for the long-term. That's really as well as, as I can do in, in, in explaining how I have built muscle for myself, because again, it is experimental and it, uh, it, it can be risky. So I don't want to uh, put anyone in harm's way. You can go up on the, up on the website and look at my profile body scientific biotype quiz number one. And you can learn more about the exercises there. I have a few up there. You can see my images, yada, yada. So you can get a sense of you know, how I look now at 47. I wish I had more photos from when I was younger, especially from roughly 2007 through 2010, when I hit just shy of 300 pounds. Unfortunately, I don't. But you can see everything else up on my profile. And that's a, a general overview of, of how I have built muscle for myself. Again, I'm sorry that I can't be more specific, but they are experimental exercises and I don't want to hurt anyone. That being said, it's also not the focus of what we're doing. Our main focus is we want people to understand their scientific body type. Why is my body the shape that it is? Why am I missing muscle and muscle mass on my body? And why is there skinny fat in place of that muscle and muscle mass? That's our first goal is just to help folks understand that and what it means that if you are lacking muscle and muscle mass, it will directly negatively affect your metabolism. No less. It'll affect many other things like your athletic ability and such. But the metabolism is the big focus that we want people to stay focused on. Uh, because when it comes to weight management and weight loss, understanding your scientific body type helps you then understand the best diet, exercise, and lifestyle so that you can take care of your specific body type in a safe way. And that's a huge worry because right now up on the social media, there's a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of falseness and just disinformation that's causing a lot of problems and it's really affecting young people, especially in terms of their mental, physical, and emotional health, no less. And I'd like to talk about that here in a bit, but I'm going to sort of pause and see if I made sense with that last little bit. You did make sense. Before we talk about the emotional effects of the obesity epidemic, 
kind of tell us about the scientific weight loss quiz and the weight loss programs that you have up on your website. You got it. So the scientific body type quiz, it calculates science. It's all science-based. We have taken all the latest science relative to diet, exercise, and lifestyle. We have broken it all down into equations and it calculates out a basic score, but it's actually a stout basic score. We can also calculate the standard Mifflin BMR, as well as the standard Harris-Benedict activity BMR, and then an adjusted Mifflin BMR that takes into account skinny fat. So you can have a strong understanding of your daily BMR calories relative to the standard Mifflin and the adjusted Mifflin relative to skinny fat. We have the several other whole health scores. One is the fourth health score. It's the total health score, and it's a more complex health score. And then we have the Forca health score, which is a combination of our scores and then the user identified scores. So you can basically get a full range of diet, exercise, lifestyle, and metabolism scores so that you can understand what all that means, how you're doing with your current diet. And then we we have plenty of information on the site, how you can improve that. The quiz also identifies which vertebrae and relative muscle and muscle mass is underdeveloped, as well as where you have tendencies to put on fat and skinny fat, or you have skinny fat and have tendencies to put on fat. Uh, And then we also look at things like your past history with obesity and being overweight. We look at hormones. Have you ever been diagnosed by a doctor with any hormone imbalance and any structural imbalances like scoliosis or even Poland syndrome, which is a type of syndrome where there are, it's rare, but there are some bodies that do have underdeveloped muscle and muscle mass, albeit I was never diagnosed with that syndrome. So anyways, it's really a comprehensive, basic scientific body type quiz. The only one in existence, all other body types are completely unscientific. Uh, So that is our scientific body type quiz. Then you have our scientific weight loss diary, which is, uh, we are not in competition with MyFitnessPal or Calorie King or you know, the Apple Health app or any other type of app. You can use any of those in harmony with our scientific weight loss program. The, and you can use a pin name with it. You can, all of the images that we use for the scientific quiz are face-free so that you can maintain your privacy and security. And we moderate every comment on the site because we will not tolerate trolling, shaming, hating, or bullying of any kind. But the, the point of the scientific weight loss diary is to hold yourself accountable. You can see everything up on your profile page. You can have your phone in hand and share it with your friends if you'd like. You can invite your friends and family to join for free and join the conversation and encourage your, your journey, track all your scientific weight loss data, diet, exercise, and lifestyle, yada, yada. And the idea is to hold yourself accountable. And if you have questions for our expert science-based diet, exercise, and lifestyle team, what we call Ask Gnosis. If you think of Siri or Alexa, it's the same general idea, but you can ask our team if you have questions that are science-based diet, exercise, and lifestyle, and we're happy to clarify whatever questions that you have with the latest science. And we use 
Google SERP one links for for the most part, as well as HIMAS DA links, so that you know that you're getting the latest cutting edge science based answers with any of that. And so those are our scientific biotype quiz and our scientific weight loss program. Uh, and then there is a book. I named it Overprivileged White Guy because I couldn't imagine how hard my life would have been. It was already hard enough being a biotype four and being bullied relentlessly every day. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like growing up in this country, not being a white male. Because I, when I left home, I, I was shocked at how much racism that there still was and I, how blind I was to how sheltered I was as a white male. And so I, I'm not ashamed of being a white male, but I'm well aware that my life would have been much more difficult. The book is really my story. It tells the story of how I came to the four body types, the research, but it's not in scientific jargon. It's not boring scientific stuff. It's actually written in novel format. So if you're interested in learning you know, more about that, then you can buy the, the book up at the website. And those are the three main things that you can get up at our site. Yeah. Well, you were going to touch on it before I asked you that last question, but to touch on the emotional aspect of the obesity epidemic. Yeah. So that's a huge worry for us because, so you probably know that, especially for young people, suicides are on the increase. And that really became more true after the pandemic started. But a lot of it has to do with social media and there's all these unfair, unreasonable, impossible expectations that are being promulgated up on social media. And it's widespread. It's, you, know, you can go up and you can see this, this image from an influencer that's been filtered and photoshopped so that they look perfect. They look like a bi type one. And then you know, someone finds a real image and they do a comparison and they look nothing like that. And yet they are influencing and having a direct effect on millions of people, especially young people who then go out and they eat a diet exercise or lifestyle that isn't sustainable. It is, there's no way that so many people's bodies are going to look like a body type one, no matter what you do. And so many people starve themselves and they, they just abuse their body. And when they've put in all that work and they have lost the weight and they still don't look like a bi type one and they're being fat shamed and hated and trolled and bullied. It all wears on them. And so what we're trying to offer people is a scientific point of view that brings forward the knowledge about why your body is the shape that it is. And it's genetics. And so we are trying to get people to understand their genetics, why their body is the shape that it is, and to accept their body for what it is. And once they can do that and accept their body for what it is, then they can find a healthy, sustainable, science-based diet, exercise, and lifestyle that will allow them to be truly healthy in the short and long term. So that's our goal. And we're hoping to, you know, hopefully that one day we can get there. Uh, that's what we're working towards. And that's one of our main worries is all the nonsense up on social media. So what is Fellow One Research? Tell us about any upcoming projects that you guys are working on that we need to know about. So right now, we are actually in the process of doing what you're doing. You have a wonderful podcast here. We are learning how to actually do that. We are actually in talks right now with 
possibility of doing a live show. But that's kind of our goal. We'd like to get this message out more widespread. It seems like podcasts like this one do a wonderful job doing that. So we are in the process of learning how and figuring out a name and doing all the uh, grunt work, as they say, so that we can get a podcast of some sort up and running. So that's our our main focus right now. We are already up on social media, so folks can find us up on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, um, TikTok, and we have several accounts. We have one that's the four body types. Then we also have a few ask gnosis for folks who have any any questions for us. Please just keep in mind that we are very, very busy. If you want a quicker response in terms of anything relative to ask gnosis, you can go to the website. I forgot to mention that we do have um, single credits that you can buy. If you're not really interested in doing the full scientific weight loss program, you can do a, a single credit so that you can ask us questions. But those are the the two main things that we're really focusing on now is getting a podcast up ourselves. And then hopefully that will help get social media uh, cranking more. So, yeah. I think you should call it the fellow one research podcast. I'll definitely chew on that. Thank you. (laughs) So in closing, throw out your website and give us some final thoughts. Maybe something that I forgot to touch on that you would like to talk about and throw out your website. Yeah. So the, the website is fellowone.com. And again, you can get the scientific biotype quiz and the scientific weight loss diary up there. You know, I realize that everyone has their own hardships and life is hard. So I would say that really what it's about is believing in yourself. I didn't have anyone who ever believed in me. And I, I could have easily just given up and I definitely thought about it, but pushing forward was really all about me realizing that this is my life and I need to figure out how to live it the best that I possibly can. And science is a wonderful tool to help you do that. And that, keeping in mind that the, that science is not closed minded. Nothing that we have done here at Fellow One Research is written in stone. We don't claim that our, the that the current breakdown of our biotypes is necessarily right or wrong, but we had to start somewhere. Just as science has to start somewhere, no matter what it is, the point of science is to look at something that we don't currently understand or have knowledge about and figure it out, which is the uh, hypothesis, if then, and then theory, and then doing the actual research to figure out what is and what isn't. And one of the things that really grinds my gears is how arrogant current mainstream science and medical doctors are about, we know everything about the, the human body. We know everything about everything. And so somehow magically, if, if we don't know something about something, it means that we know everything about something. So for instance, what I usually don't say, simply because mainstream science and medical doctors really poo-poo it is, I'm actually a spiritual scientist. I believe in the soul. I believe in a lot of things that mainstream science just doesn't give any, any credence to. And I'm a big fan of the University of Virginia's medical school division of perceptual studies, which has been around since the 1960s. It's done 50 years of outstanding spiritual science work. And yet still, they don't get 
nearly enough credit from the mainstream science and medical doctor world. So I want to encourage people to remember that science isn't about saying, well, we don't know something, so therefore that somehow means we know everything about it, like the soul isn't real because we don't have any evidence. Well, we actually do have quite a bit of evidence that, that the soul is real. And as our technology grows and we learn more about it, and we have the technology to study things like the soul, like the meridians, which science is now learning more about. I think there was a study over in South Korea, which was very interesting and really shed new light on the, on the meridians that Eastern medicine has talked about for thousands of years, but mainstream science and medical doctors don't give any credence to whatsoever. Same with things like the chakras and stuff. So what I am hoping for is that as our science grows, we begin to come into, we have the, uh, the, the technical ability to study all these things and so many other things that we currently don't understand in a scientific way so that we can really begin to understand the soul and spirit relative to being human. Because I think that that's one of the things that we are seriously lacking in our day-to-day lives is a true spiritual soul connection that we understand in a scientific way. And I, as, as a scientist, I, I, I sort of, I guess a lot of people would probably say, ironically, I, I struggle with blind faith because I believe that everything can be understood with the right technology and with the right amount of time to actually study it through science. So that's what I'm hoping for is as our science grows, because our human science is very young, we know less than 10% of what's in our oceans, yada, yada. I'm hoping that as our science grows, that we begin to understand the whole of who we are mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And we can back it up with, with real science uh, as our technology grows. So is that making sense? Yeah, that's making perfect sense. And I definitely appreciate you taking time to come on today, ladies and gentlemen, fellow1.com. Please be sure to check them out. Go, go take that quiz and share this episode to as many people as you know. Help change minds about the obesity ep- epidemic. And Mark has some good information on his website and his book that can help others. And Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. And Mark, we'll be looking forward to your podcast once you get it launched. And thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. Dream.